0: So when I say to you, beautiful software, what comes to mind? Maybe you've had an experience with a great piece of technology in the past, or not even technology, just a really good experience that you received as a customer. And when you go, wow, that was easy, or it just worked. Sometimes it's so good that you didn't even notice it. Like when the trains run on time, it just works as you intuitively think it should work. How many examples of this can you think of within healthcare? To be fair, there are some, but historically, this industry hasn't been the best example of sexy user interfaces and intuitive technology flow. But as expectations shift, and with more exposure in other industries of consumer-led services and apps and portals, are things changing? One founder and CEO who's super keen to see a shift to better technology experiences in primary care in Australia is Dr. Tom Kelly from Heidi Health, and in this episode, we talk about the technology problems to address in primary care, the role that artificial intelligence will play on that journey, and how we might go about setting a higher standard for what software feels like for healthcare workers to use on a day-to-day. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your
1: host, Peter Birch.
0: With me today is Dr. Tom Kelly, CEO and co-founder of Heidi Health. He's been a surgical registrar and has lifelong interests in deep learning, mathematics, and entrepreneurship, having run a successful education company prior to starting Heidi. He's relentlessly focused on revolutionizing primary care with an unapologetic focus on user experience for doctors and patients. Dr.
1: Tom Kelly, how are you? Good, good. Very happy to be here. Thank you for having me on, Peter.
0: Great to have you on the show, Tom. And look, I'm keen to, to learn a bit more about what you're up to now with Heidi Health and what that's all about. Like I said, actually at the start of this interview, before we recorded, we've only just recently found out about Heidi Health. So I'm also asking questions to learn for myself too. So this is really exciting, but <laughs> firstly, to get the bit more context about you, your background and all of that first.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm an ex-surgical registrar. So I was working out in Alfred and prior to that Royal Melbourne over the last few years, loosely interested in vascular surgery, but then always had a bunch of projects on the backburn, different software things and other businesses. So I always had that interest sort of going alongside medicine. And just before COVID and during COVID, I had a really cool experience. got to be sort of like a pretend GP registrar for a little while in the country. So in Horsham and Charlton and different places around Victoria and yeah realized that gp landers was pretty exciting but tough there were never enough doctors lots of patients and There are a few formative experiences where we had a couple of patients who really, if they had been seen earlier, would have had a much better outcome. So someone who ended up having a toe amputation that coming from vascular, like I knew that in the city probably would have had their artery kind of popped open and that toe would have healed up okay. Another patient who ended up having sort of a delayed diagnosis of bowel cancer. And so that was really the inspiration for Heidi, sort of like a way to do some initial history taking try to figure out what's going on help guide the patient to seek care at the right time and avoid those misses without putting more burden on the gps because i realized being there that it wouldn't really work to just let every patient call you directly you know it's just not feasible so that, that's how yeah. heidi started and started off as a sort of small project i think people would have seen oscar and that was a yep. basically like an in-between product between nothing and heidi it was a good way to start building out some of the complicated machine learning models we needed to make Heidi work but also sell it to med students at the same time and it's still going thousands of med students using it so that's still (laughs) kicking on and growing but yeah excited to share Heidi with everyone
0: that's a really cool model in itself actually the whole concept of Building in steps, I think there's a lot that people could even just take inspiration from there. Like in terms of got a Mm. vision for a product, but in order for the product to work, you need something else to be built. But that thing that's being built has potential to help a lot of other people whilst it's getting there. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes, especially like when something is as broad as medicine as a whole, adult medicine, you know, you need, seems kind of insurmountable. So we definitely Mm. needed something As an in-between sort of step to start mapping all of medicine it was a bit too much just for me in my few hours out of work (laughs) as a side thing but look (laughs) uh,
0: so Heidi Health that's where we're at now like Mm -hmm. how do you describe it what is it who's it for the problems it solves
1: yeah so so Heidi is really like a skin for the practice management systems the goal with Heidi is to do basically every aspect of patient engagement really well and try to automate and optimize a lot of the different processes across the clinic So my vision of it is that it's almost like adding this Heidi as a super assistant that works alongside you and your practice management and makes your life easier and better for both the patients and the GPs. So what that looks like practically is so Heidi does bookings and payments on that intake side. We also ask patients a few questions and gather some initial history. So that's that sort of initial pre-visit type of stuff. For the doctor, Mm. you open up your visit and you'll see a pre-written note, like a summary that's been written by Heidi that'll help speed up your note-taking process. And we do all sorts of other things like we'll pre-write your medical certificates, your GP management plans, all of the things that are relevant from that initial intake. And then in the visit, you do it like normal, any telehealth stuff we can support on Heidi. So chat and video and phone and all these things. And then at the end of the visit, mm-hmm. you close the consult and then anything you want to send back to the patient, like documents, referrals, Next steps, info booklets—you send it, attach it, and send it through Heidi. So basically, like the practice management is that backbone, and then Heidi sort of on either side, making it easy for patients to engage, and then for you to follow them up and send things to them. And there's lots of funky machine learning models in there to try to speed up the doctors, whether it's writing notes or forms or other things, to try and make that all streamlined. Yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. So, so the point around the AI and ML behind it to streamline some things you know and the example you gave was your medical certificates and pre-writing some stuff i mean i know that practice management systems have letter templates and stuff like that it sounds like mm. it's a bit more advanced than a few letter templates
1: yeah so the difficult part with all of this is like doctors write notes in a really particular way so you know Tom is a 29-year-old male presenting with chest pain. That's five out of 10, central, non-radiating, like all this kind of terminology that's very medical and not particularly natural. So I guess that's yeah. some of the magic of Heidi. Like as we ask patients questions on that intake form, we're then writing that into a, a natural language summary. The other part a reason to do that intake is then for the doctor as well, before the visit or during the visit, you can check a differential diagnosis. So we'll flag any important conditions or questions or other features that might be important not to miss in that visit. So yeah, it's really trying to. I guess some of the challenge we had with Heidi is trying to conceptualise it in a nutshell because it really is a lot. The vision and why almost mm. why we called it Heidi is that it is that like super AI assistant kind of helping you across a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the on that point around doing a lot of things, I've spoken to quite a few that operate. In this space, particularly in general practice, because there are a lot of things that general practitioners do, and a lot of systems that can plug in. And you might find there are practice management systems more and more leaning into this concept of having partnership programs. So rather than trying to do a thousand different things, they'll mm-hmm. nail the practice management side and the document storage side really well, and then partner with an area that just hones in on something. Like partner with one software that that does this particular thing. But then from a GP side, I guess they've got. A number of different softwares that that they use mm. to then really hone in those areas that are important for them. So, what, may, like, how do you kind of decide on what to really hone in on with Heidi mm-hmm. if it is covering such a breadth of stuff?
1: Yeah, so I, I have sort of, a, I guess, an asymmetrical or different point of view on this. So, so I actually think the fact that you know most practices would use more than I don't know ten softwares plus the practice management is a sign of incompetence in some ways, like the standard the needs to be higher a great product or platform could easily and can easily do a lot of these different aspects it's not that we're setting out to replace these things but i think and like being a doctor i can see why this happens you know i have my practice management it doesn't do x i figure out how to do a bit of coding i make my tool and now i sell it to all my gp friends and it's like some homemade half-baked barely working thing but I'm still working Mm. as a doctor. So I don't really like, it's great that I built this thing, but I really just built it for myself. And that's how a lot of software works in Australia. And it's a very Australia, Australian kind of way of viewing software development for medical industry. You know, in most other countries in the world, it's not that their healthcare systems are better, but their tools are definitely better because like I wouldn't read about building and then build a house. I'd hire a builder. So why is it that software for doctors has to be built by doctors? It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, even though I'm a doctor building software. Mm-hmm. So so for us, like <laughs> <laughs> so for us, I think the reason we took on a lot was that back to that initial mission, like our farmers that couldn't get those visits. To solve that problem, you actually have to do all of it well. You can't just do like an intake because if you're just doing the intake you're not fixing that problem where the farmer can't actually get a booking or like can't get some advice from the doctor asynchronously without mm. actually having to to you know be a squeaky wheel and complain and get that visit same thing with payments like how many patients don't go to the waiting room cuz they hate that experience or they find just the whole you know waiting in the waiting line to pay or to check in like all of those experiences All of that aspect is the reason that things get missed and delayed because patients avoid that experience. They don't. And the other thing as well is that on the back end of it, like after visits, there's a lot of things that don't happen that lead to misses as well. So patient comes to you with iron deficiency anemia. There's four to five different things that have to happen after that visit for kind of optimal preventative care, you know, colonoscopies, blood tests, iron supplements, all these things. The current model is basically tell the patient what to do and then you cross your fingers and hope it happens. Maybe if you're really good, you will call them and follow them up. But, you know, who has time to follow up every patient? So the I guess the to achieve on our mission, we have to do more than be one tiny thing. It is ambitious, but kind of it's a bit maybe it's reckless abandon for the company. But I don't think we really care. Like we want to work with GPs that are willing to take on that opportunity to do something really well, 10x the current kind of cobbled together system. With Heidi and your practice management and eventually, you know, nothing else, there'll always be room for amazing softwares like analytics suites and other things like that's not going to be our main shtick, but things that the patient engages with directly, things that the doctor engages with directly. If we really want to try to get rid of misdiagnosis in the world, then we have to really nail all of those aspects to make it easy to engage, easy to get followed up and make sure the doctors deliver gold standard management quickly without much burden. So yeah, that's, I guess that's why we took on a lot, but it's definitely hard product wise. There's lots of development to do.
0: Yeah. And that's an interesting point that you raised around the, you know, providing a good experience, like a good user experience from the clinician's point of view, but also, you know, having all of those touch points with the patients, because I find this is a general statement that technology in the GP space has typically been more functional in how it mm. works as opposed to being beautiful software I mean there's there's some really good examples of that kind of stuff starting to emerge but for so long it's very you know it just looks like utilitarian very functional yeah. so are we at that point where that's starting to change do you think
1: yeah it's an interesting question I mean I hope so like I as a patient and a doctor both sides I want to use beautiful tools that work well and are delightful again it goes back to the that standard setting, you know, if I'm building a tool that's strictly utilitarian for myself, why do I spend time on design? Because, you know, I barely know how to code anyway as a doctor building this tool. So I think the there is some like market forces at play. So in a world where every visitor's bulk build and there's not a premium being paid by patients, then I can kind of understand how patient experience is more like just the service delivery, the utilitarian kind of view of it. But as unfortunately, like the funding has changed and there's increasing mixed billing and private billing, it starts to become a real service. It's not just you're getting this for free. You know, the experience is an afterthought should be a primary factor, right? Like the patients are paying for it. And if you're expecting them to pay a premium for it, then you should think about the experience they get as well. So I'm optimistic. Again, look to other Mm. privately funded primary care in the world again not better outcomes but in the u.s and in other places where there's products like one medical and carbon health and all these other amazing services that as a patient i would want to use if they existed here like ability to chat to your doctor for low acuity issues man delivery in-home path like all of these services are awesome and again it's a discretionary thing like there'll be a group of patients that will go to bulk billing clinics would never use something like this And that's fine. Like We don't have to provide it for everyone, but that percentage of patients that would be willing to choose a clinic that offers that service, that's why Heidi will exist. We will provide that amazing possible level of care and not everyone has to provide it.
0: And I think building on that point that you mentioned too there about patient experience in the more traditional sense being, you know, that the service that someone receives when they're in a bricks and mortar clinic. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients, or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, and of course we love to showcase our members, so when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members, it's literally the heart of everything we do, so consider joining as a THT Plus member, you can join anytime online, just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT plus. We've seen over the past couple of years in particular, it's really Mm -hmm. extended out to much more than like much, much earlier than when the patient actually arrives to the appointment,
1: right? Yeah, hundred percent. Again, for me, it's like that very mission oriented thing. Like I think an easy way to coax or encourage or check up on patients just seems intuitive, like this kind of asynchronous whether it's like text-based, like actual secure texts or chatting through an app or something like that, it just kind of makes sense. So whether it's lifestyle goals like weight loss or blood pressure, cholesterol, smoking cessation, like there's a long list of aspects of primary care that are kind of hard to pull off in a 15-minute visit and they kind of live outside yes. of the clinic. So To do all of those things well, you kind of have to have like something that extends beyond the clinic, even if it's not taking up your time and Heidi's doing the thinking of asking the right questions and nudging the patients to your ultimate plan. Again, to reach that level of excellence, that kind of gold standard care, it makes sense to me to have some sort of virtual clinic outside the clinic, sort of easy way to initiate or touch pace with the patients.
0: When you mentioned, you know, Heidi kind of keeping things going when the patient's outside of the clinic? Does that tie back to some of the AI and machine learning stuff that you've worked on for the project? Um, yeah,
1: so, so not yet. So, so today that'll look a little simpler. So my iron deficiency anemia example. So we would have like a workflow and a set of next steps, almost like a checklist for the patient. And then once you send that off, Heidi would then kind of remind and help try to get that patient to completion on each of those goals. And almost like texting and engaging with the patient on behalf of the doctors to do that work and then ultimately reminding the clinicians to book them back in and flagging if they haven't done any of those important tasks. But yeah, one day in the future, like I guess a benefit of Heidi on the patient side is that if you've got that portal or passport of your health, let's say you move to a different clinic or you move to a different state then that still goes with you. And as you engage with healthcare and see other doctors, Heidi will still be, assuming that next doctor uses Heidi, will be trying to string together all of the symptoms and syndromes and possibilities of what could be going on for you. And over time, again, like assuming all parties using and consenting for everything, then hypothetically, we can provide proactive suggestions or other things we've noticed. I don't know, your heart rate variability has changed on your Apple Watch. Your exercise levels are going down. Maybe think about doing mm. lipid panel or something like that.
0: There's such a good opportunity for artificial intelligence to actually have a meaningful impact within general practice specifically. I mean, I think about the amount of stuff a GP has to do on a day-to-day, limited amount of time, generally burnt out. A lot of cognitive load taken from the primary care side so over a longer period of time surely ai is it's going to have a more active role within the healthcare system in primary care
1: yeah i think so i like i spoke obviously lots and lots of gps and have some um awesome early partners and i think some of the feedback we got was that you know as a gp i don't always do a lot of diagnosis and i think that's right so the AI part, and people get really hung up on that it 's really trying to do anything mundane or silly or a process that shouldn't exist that 's what computers are just really good at doing those things right they don 't need you don 't necessarily have to be the person clicking through seventeen windows to do X thing like we can just eliminate that there 's no reason that needs to exist I think the part where GPS don 't realize they're doing diagnosis is that kind of sequential set of visits where you 're seeing someone over a period of time as a doctor. In that room, like it's really hard for you to see like a time series of the how the patient's symptoms have changed or what's going on for them. Like classic examples are hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism where, you know, if you had like a recording of the visit, it would be obvious the patient's been slowly gaining weight. The symptoms on different days kind of match up to the syndrome. So if you present to the doctor in poll, then they would see it. But because they're only seeing that person months apart here or there for different things, they don't really see the condition. Uh, so that's where something like Heidi is really powerful because for Heidi, like there's, you know, perfect memory. So we'll remember those previous visits and then flag that to the doctor to consider that differential. And it might only be one in 50 times that we have a real actionable insight that meaningfully changes the visit. Same way as, I don't know, for doctors listening, like looking at an ECG that has an automated report on the top or something like that. Hmm. Occasionally, it's not something you actively look at, like you do your own diagnosis, you're unbiased, but having that support layer is really helpful, I think. And it's only going to improve the quality of care for patients. So I don't really see much downside. There's like that administrative side and then the clinical side as well.
0: So thinking about then, you know, just recently... Announced Heidi and launched. So, in that stage of getting the word out there, I'm, I'm going to ask about what we're looking forward to. But in terms of leaning into the community, then those that are feeling this resonates, what's kind of high priority for you how can people help on this journey what can putting the call out to the community then to help continue on this pathway what do you need from whether it's Australian GPs or the healthcare ecosystem
1: Yeah, so I think for GPS, we'd love to to show you what Heidi is like I've said throughout the chat it's not necessarily for everyone like we're looking for the right kinds of partners that want to offer that super awesome level of care to their patients and yeah we're excited to work with as many as people as you like so you can head to the website HeidiHealth.com.au um, book a demo with us or out over linkedin or something like that i think for the broader health tech community we're looking to partner with a lot of different services we're excited to be a partner with best practice and we're i think speaking to lots of different people so for those that know they know but yeah (laughs) hoping to work together with a bunch of them to um make sure that all of our different aspects of heidi kind of plug into the right endpoints and make sure that we connect well with other services because i really believe in interoperability like i think that's an area where Australia's really behind because we are also like actively selling in the US and other places and It's just so much harder here to get your product up and running. So yeah, I mean, we'll be engaging with a bunch of different health tech companies and trying to make sure all our services work well with each other.
0: I think it's important that we have that renewed energy on that fight towards interoperability, particularly in the primary care space, because it can get uh, awfully tiring uh, without much process. But we're seeing glimpses of hope there and it's great to see these examples. Well, what is going to be keeping you busy? What can we look forward to seeing from Heidi and the team over the coming months and the rest of the year?
1: Yeah. So we'll be in like in closed beta for the next few months. We've got a, a couple of different clinics we're working with and slowly releasing different versions of the product. So, you know, adding incremental features as we pull them off. So things like, I don't know, checking telehealth eligibility by looking into best practice, see if the patient's had an in-person visit build in the last 12 months, and then offering that in the booking screen. These kinds of like deep features and complicated tasks we're we're going to pull off sort of step by step. And then the other, I think, most exciting thing for us is to see how that differential and summary process really gets used in a consulting room. So, you know, we've done lots of testing and like we're in that early phase now, but I'm excited to have hopefully have patient stories where because they went through Heidi, they had something that wasn't missed and some potentially life-changing condition was uncovered in the visit because of that intake process. So hopefully we save some toes or we, you know, get an early diagnosis or something along those lines, back to that original kind of inspiration. And then, yeah, longer term, I think, like I said, we really want to try to just, make that patient experience awesome. So again, for those early partners, like introducing things like chat based visits, which are very common in other places in the world, like I'm not going to have it that when people tell me that it's not safe, because there are some countries where 70 or 80% of primary care visits are done over chat first. So I think slowly kind of pushing the needle on on offering those really cool services that people will engage with if they're available. I think there's lots of proof that Mm. whether it's, you know, your eucalyptuses of the world or other D2C companies that chat-based care is awesome. It's just that GPs haven't had a good way to use it or haven't had a service or a software that's so delightful that they're willing to go outside their comfort zone. So that's what we're going to try to do over the next few years. Land our early partners, those beachheads that want to want to work with us to kind of move the needle and then slowly roll out new features and offerings for patients.
0: Exciting. I'm keen to be watching this with interest because it's a, a much needed journey to go on and one that has the potential to impact many working within the industry, but also patients too. So Tom, will put the details for Heidi in the show notes of this episode for people to check out. And also the Heidi listing on the Talking Health Tech website will be there and all the content that you're sharing for people to to engage and have a look. Appreciate you coming on the show, man, and having a chat. Thanks so much.
1: No worries. Yeah, thank you so much. And for all the patients out there, you should ask your... GP if you can book with Heidi. That's
0: the way. Get amongst it. See you guys. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player, and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.